This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hello, hello, hello. It's Casey. Thank you for shining on with me today. Happy New Year. Did I ever tell you all the weird things I have about food? Incredibly weird things. I know you've heard me say that I always order the healthiest thing on the menu, and that's good. But what I don't mention is that I am completely intolerant of almost everyone else I go to dinner with. I hate to go into the city to have dinner with my girlfriends and they all have to stand outside reading the menus and then talking about what they're going to eat and what they feel like. I do not engage. Just go in. I will find something healthy to eat. I don't need to debate. And then when I order my food, no, I will not share it with you. My food is my food. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. And when I eat, I don't want to talk about my food. I'm eating. I'm giving myself nutrition. Just Leave me alone. I know, that's crazy, right? I'll take it up with my therapist. But I realize now that I have a copy of The Mediterranean Method by Dr. Stephen Masley that I am doing it all wrong. Yes, I eat the right things. But there's a very important part of the Mediterranean diet that I am missing. And that's relaxing. If I'm not at a restaurant ordering the most nutritious thing and not allowing anyone to look at it, I'm home with my husband, and I'm either standing up eating over the sink, or we're on tray tables in front of the TV trying to see what's new on Netflix and catch up on everything that's been going on since the last time we sat in front of the TV watching Netflix. Part of the Mediterranean method is enjoying the meal. This is Dr. Stephen Masley. There's all these incredible benefits from the nutrients that come from Mediterranean foods. But a whole separate benefit is that they are socially active when they eat. They're talking about food. They're talking to people. I mean, way too often in the United States, we might be eating and watching television or we're on the computer. We're not communicating with people. So when you talk about the food, you become far more mindful. You taste it. It's flavorful. You actually digest better when you're, you know, your taste buds are aligned. Uh, your digestive juices gets going. The food looks good. You're discussing it. You know, this whole conversation when we talk about the food we're eating, it slows it down. We end up with this lovely, leisurely meal. I think in seven months sailing across Europe from Spain to Turkey, I don't think we ever finished a meal out in less than 90 minutes. Wow. It's casual. And you're with people, and you're talking, and the food's delicious. So, yes, I think your point is really a good one. There's something beyond just what we eat. It's how we eat and how we, and, and how we socialize while we're eating that is, you know, reduces our stress. They have far less anxiety and depression in Europe than we do here in the U.S. All right, that's part of the Mediterranean method. So what should we be eating? I know you break it down in your book, but can you give us like the thumbnail sketch? Well, I mean, the, the foundation, it's really a, a very much a plant-based diet. 
vegetable, fruit, beans, and nuts, flavored with olive oil and lots of herb, it's, you know, Mediterranean herbs and spices. Those are a truly essential components. So, and then to that, we start adding like seafood at least three, four to five times a week. And then you can have poultry with it. You can add dairy. Um, you know what? I think the things that are different and they avoid it, they're avoiding processed food, sugar, red meat is really served infrequently. So it's really, a, you know, in summary, it's a plant-based diet, vegetable, fruit, beans and nuts, seafood, poultry, dairy, lots of olive oil, lots of herbs and spices, lots of color and flavor. The food looks and tastes fantastic. Very good. We're talking to Stephen Masley, MD. The Mediterranean Method is the book that you have been so generous with because really you're talking about lifestyle and nutrition. And I love on page 144 how you really get into what vitamins we should be taking. But you also talk about wine. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Drinking wine with a meal is part of a Mediterranean tradition. It doesn't matter if you're in Spain, France, Italy, or Greece. They're probably going to have wine, and usually it's red wine. You know, so I think one of the myths is, okay, you can just drink as much wine as you want, and that's not what they do. Um, You know, when you first sit down in a restaurant in a Mediterranean country, they bring you a bottle, a bit large bottle of water. The only question is, do you want it flat or sparkling? They're going to open it for you and fill up your glass, and you're going to drink a lot of water during the meal. But then they're going to also offer you a glass of wine, local wine that goes with it. It's just white or red, and you're going to have one or two glasses with your meal, usually dinner time, and that's it, and it just complements the food. And, you know, red wine has many nutritional benefits. Unfortunately, I can't say hard liquor or beer have those same benefits, and and probably the more you drink, the more harm you get. But if you can drink red wine in moderation, the data from multiple studies clearly shows that you could have one or two glasses a day with food, and it would benefit your health. It reduces your risk for heart disease, decreases your risk for dementia, and improves your blood sugar control. Um, I mean, there's more, and it enhances digestion. So multiple benefits that come from that. Beautiful. The Mediterranean method is your complete plan to harness the power of the healthiest diet on the planet. So we know this diet is good for our weight and our heart, as you mentioned, and also our brain. Tell us how the Mediterranean diet is good for our gut. We hear a lot about the microbiome and the things that injure the microbiome. How does this diet play into that? Well, you know, that's a really good point you're making because inflammation is one of the common things that ages us. You know, if our joints get inflamed, they break down, we get arthritis. If our arteries get inflamed, we get heart disease. If our brain's inflamed, our brain literally shrinks and we lose brain cells. And this diet is super anti-inflammatory. First, it's loaded with fiber, you know, vegetable, fruit, beans and nuts, foods that feed the healthy gut bacteria. If we don't eat enough fiber, all those microbiome or microbes die. They starve to death. So first and foremost is we need fiber to feed them and support them. And then there's 
actually a lot of probiotic-rich foods that are used in a Mediterranean eating plan. They have like plain yogurt, not fruit-flavored, sugar, chemical-enhanced, but just plain yogurt almost every day. They drink kefir. They have pickles. They eat olives. You know, those olives you get in a jar actually are really a good probiotic source. So they have lots of, you know, probiotic-rich foods that they eat along with the fiber. And then they tend to avoid a lot of the preservatives that kill our microbiome, like those sweeteners, you know, um, you know, fake sugar sweeteners kill the microbiome and they, and they have an aversion to using, um, you know, prepared foods and chemicals and sweeteners. So they are really, they have a gut friendly program with the Mediterranean diet. All right. Maybe we'll try this for the new year, the Mediterranean method. What kind of advice can you give us when we head out to a restaurant here and the East coast? We're not in uh, um, the Mediterranean. We're along the Hudson, say. Uh, what should yeah. we be ordering off the menu? Well, um, think usually you're going to think of a, an appetizer or salad to start off with. So a salad like like an Italian dressing with Italian dressing, or a you know a non-cream based soup like minestrone or something to start. Their entrees are a lot smaller. I mean, it's almost like if you went out with a friend for lunch or dinner, you could each have a super salad. You could split an entree. You could have a side vegetable dish. Um, most likely you'd be ordering seafood or a poultry dish. If you had pasta, it would be like a little appetizer portion. You know, like one serving in the U.S. would probably feed four people in Italy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we oftentimes think of, in, and, and the bread is something we could really benefit from skipping. I think we way overdo the bread plate. So a salad, a soup, you know, an entree, an extra side vegetable that's got some garlic and made with garlic and olive oil and a little squeeze of lemon. And then fruit for dessert. I mean, in Europe, for dessert, it's usually free. They give you like berries or a slice of melon or something, but we could order that. We could order fruit for dessert and um, drink lots of water with the meal and have a glass of wine. And that would be kind of like... I think a Mediterranean meal you could order in any restaurant around here. Beautiful. Sounds great. And another wonderful thing in this book, you really do cover it all, including recipes. You've got the GL tables, the glycemic load tables. Can you tell us about that? Well, glycemic load refers to how much sugar surge do we get from eating a meal? How high does your blood sugar level jump when you eat food? And I think the number one cause for heart disease is not it's not cholesterol it's not fat it's sugar load so glycemic load tells you where the sugar load is coming from in your food so i think all of us should know that table because that impacts our waistline when we eat high glycemic load foods it makes us hungry we gain weight increase the risk for heart disease for memory loss for diabetes all of those awful things so yes this is a low glycemic now it's not really a low carb version, but it's a low glycemic load, low sugar load version of a Mediterranean diet. And studies have shown when you combine low glycemic load and and with more Mediterranean food, that combo is the best way to eat a Mediterranean diet and gives you the biggest health benefits. All right. And just a heads up to moms, if you're giving the kids raisins, a quarter of a cup has a glycemic load per serving of 18. That is super high, right? 
that's high. So you, if you're going to give them some raisins, give them a few raisins, like a tablespoon, and give them like three tablespoons of nuts. So almonds, pistachios, walnuts. So if you're going to use a dried fruit, make sure you're putting nuts with it so that it, it's balanced and it doesn't have that big glycemic load. That's a really good point you're making. So many good points in this book. The Mediterranean Method, your complete plan to harness the power of the healthiest diet on the planet. This is a good book for the new year, doctor. Anything else we should know? Well, get started. You know, this is really an opportunity for people to make a huge difference in their health. U.S. News and World Report said it was the number one diet for diabetes, for health, for uh, for so many things, the best overall diet. But it's also the easiest diet to follow. These fad diets have come and gone, you know, every few years. But this has been around for a millennium. And people have followed it and have the longest and best health on the planet. So don't miss out on the easiest diet. It's also the best diet. I think that's really the best news. That is very good news. The Mediterranean Method is the book by Dr. Stephen Masley, M-A-S-L-E-Y. I think he's been on before. We talked about the Better Brain Solution last time he was here. Find out more his website, drmasley.com, D-R-M-A-S-L-E-Y.com, or follow him on Facebook at MasleyMD. I'm telling you all this because I'm not giving the book away. I'm keeping it for myself. I'm sorry. I need it. The Mediterranean Method, Dr. Stephen Masley. 2020, it's going to be the year I relax while I eat my food. What does 2020 hold for you? Well, you decide. Here's a meditation with Stephen Quinn. This meditation has two titles, Vision and What Do You Want? You live in a vast universe. Try to picture it in your mind's eye, stretching on eternally. The universe continues to expand with literally trillions of galaxies in it. Think of the planet and the incredible multiplicity. Now think for a moment, that's just what you can see. Behind everything seen is an unseen power. And the universe is absolutely loaded with limitless unseen power and assistance. People often find themselves asking, God, what should I do? Tell me what to do. Give me a sign. Angels, what am I to do? The real question you need to ask yourself is what do I want? Because here's a fundamental fact about being human. You are given freedom of choice. And higher things can't intervene on that freedom of choice. They're there waiting for you to make the first step. So think for a moment. What do I want? What's my vision for my life? What's my vision for a year from now? five years from now, 10 years from now. What purpose do I want to serve? What do I want to champion? What qualities do I want to fill my life with? Take the first step and you'll find that very soon you'll know the next step and the step after that and the step after that. Decide and you will have all the assistance you could possibly need. That's Stephen Quinn, the healer. One of the best things that happened to me in 2019 was meeting him. He works with a lot of people over addictions, and you can find him at quitwithquinn.com, quitwithquinn.com. 
Another friend I met this past year was the astrologer Jenny Stone, who wrote the book Power, Purpose, Direction. Jenny's here with a quick astrological look at what 2020 holds for all of us. Globally, she says, we are experiencing a type of movement that we haven't seen in the astrological charts for hundreds of years. Right now, we're questioning authority. Are leaders using their power for the good of everyone or just grabbing power and making money? And we're looking at big business and government and banks. We've become world citizens because of the internet. So we have concern for people all over the world. You say this only happens every four or five hundred years. When did it happen last and what did that look like? That was in the 1600s and that was the original Martin Luther. And he questioned the power of the Catholic Church and he started the Protestant movement. But it was much, much more than that. That was the moment when the printing press was available. That message spread across the whole of Europe. Can you see the relation now? Yes. We have the internet. So we're questioning all power. Religious power, government power, power within our own family structure. Absolutely. So how long is this this astrological phase of change and questioning? How long is this going to last? going through 2020. So let's go quickly through your predictions, if you don't mind. Predictions for your sun sign and your rising sign. Let's go through for the year, starting with Aries. What do you have to say? Aries is in a good position because they're popular. They get greater visibility in their work and their community. Their challenge is to be authentic. It's easy for them to be the hero, the pioneer, the leader, but now they have to be patient and disciplined. Sorry about that. Patience and discipline. (laughs) And Aries are like, what? Let me Google those two words. All right, (laughs) Taurus and Taurus rising. What what are their words for the year? What should they look forward to? explore, discover, look for adventure, find new places to go and people to meet. Especially people who have a different way of living and loving. They should look for projects relating to publishing, the media, medicine, the law, travel, teaching, learning, things like that. All right. Is there anything a Taurus or Taurus rising should stay away from this year? It's difficult for them to be patient with partners and close friends. And that can make them feel upset and annoyed and irritated. And that's not good for Taurus. No. (laughs) They're usually very patient with people, but they have Uranus, the planet Uranus in their sign. And that can make them annoyed and irritated with people. Gemini and Gemini rising, what are they looking at for 2020? They've been learning how to handle finances through partners and collaborations. And partners and collaborations and groups and neighbors are pretty easy for them. But maybe they haven't noticed just what they've contributed. So they can continue to make that work to their advantage, especially through financial assets and income, by having discussions about shared resources, money, property, taxes, debt. Okay. Gemini and Gemini Rising, shared resources. Keep 
joking. They're good at that. Cancer and Cancer Rising, what does the year look like for them? They have been going through a lot of, not hardship, but challenges in relationships because their opposite sign, which is Capricorn, is under such stress. Why is Capricorn under such stress? We have, I think right now, about four planets in Capricorn, but it's been Pluto and Saturn for the last year, year and a half. Saturn in your opposite sign is always tough. It's like your partner wants to pull back can't show displays of affection and that's difficult for cancer cancers if that's what you're experiencing that kind of stress pulling back you're not alone you're not alone keep being loving and share your secrets keep being loving and share your secrets that's good advice uh leo and leo rising 2020 looks like we've been working hard you know this okay you've worked hard and taken on responsibility for routine jobs health habits That kind of starts to pay off in terms of the way money comes to you. It can bring abundance towards the end of 2020. All right. In a big way. That doesn't mean that money won't come to you before that. Okay, let's go to Virgo. Virgo and Virgo rising, yes. They've been creative. Virgo is not great at creativity. Creativity requires that you kind of expand your mind and try everything, even if it doesn't work. And Virgos are like picky and practical. They learned about their children, the people they love. Um, and now it's time to, to keep going and just start some new projects in that direction. I see them enjoying some more social outings, parties, sports activities, and that's good for them. They don't join in so fast. Now we are up to Libra. Libra, Libra. For them, it's been a lot about beginnings and endings. And they put a lot of attention into home and family and private life, and they made their house a a place to welcome people. And that's going to continue for the next few months. And through that, they are building and repairing their family relationships. So they're bringing together loved ones. And this year, it's about the past and the present and bringing those two together. Bringing together and healing their family relationships or their relationships. That's very nice for Libra and Libra rising. All right, we're up to Scorpio. Scorpio. They've had a lot of fun this year, family, short trips, a lot of time and energy, guest visitors. The difficult part of that for Scorpio is they want to go deep. They want to be passionate. They want to know the story under the story. So the surface stuff is fun for them, but it's a bit of an overwhelm. They're moving into a period where they have to change their perspective about their family of origin, digging under the surface to see what's happening. Later this year, they get they get some money-making opportunities. Scorpio and Scorpio Rising get some money opportunities later this year, money-making opportunities. The end of the year, we have a once every 20 year conjunction of the Saturn and Jupiter, and that kind of sets the tone for the next 20 years. And that's in the sign of Aquarius. So maybe that's the beginning of the age of Aquarius. That would be great. Uh, Sagittarius and Sagittarius rising, what does their year ahead look like? They got a lot more confident and positive self image during 2019. And now they're ready to make that work in the financial department. They have to examine 
what brings significance and purpose? Do they just want more money in order to buy more stuff? Or do they want the freedom to travel and find new, new things? Confidence. Yes. Confidence and moving forward. Let's pause for Capricorns, poor babies. They've had a lot of responsibility this year and last year. Many challenges. And now, towards the end of the year, they get a chance to like pull back recharge the batteries. For the moment, it's about boundaries. It's about setting boundaries. That's never an easy thing, but there's no downside. You know, once you've learned to, to set boundaries, your relationships improve enormously. Oh, it's my favorite word. Okay, so Capricorn and Capricorn Rising, you're going to set some boundaries this year. Set some boundaries, feel good about it, know your self-worth. Okay. Aquarius and Aquarius Rising. This confirms that the ideas and projects they've been working on behind the scenes are ready to get the attention they deserve. What they accomplish later is becoming more of an influencer and public figure. Happy for Aquarius and Aquarius Rising, because it looks like they're going to have even more impact in the coming years. Now, Pisces. And Pisces rising, what do we get? They feel a little lost. They're not quite sure of their direction. And they're already, I'm not saying fuzzy, but then they're idealistic and loving and want to save the world. They've been going through this whole make it work, make it real, make it sensible. And that's not easy for Pisces. No. No. (laughs) It's a real challenge. Yes, it's been a challenge to make it work. So now more of the same? As we move into the age of Aquarius, it's less about personal one-to-one and more collective. So they're starting to see their ideals become true in a growing area. Gotcha. So so that's a little bit of good news that we're leaning to a more a cooperative life. Yes? A more cooperative life, a more worldview life, a more hold people responsible if they're not doing good things. It's, it's huge. That is astrologer Jenny Stone. Find out more and get lots of great information at her website, lifewelllive.net. That's lifewelllive.net. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On, the health and happiness podcast for inspiration. I hope you'll subscribe and rate and keep in touch. Find more about me at Casey.co. We have a lot of things coming up on the calendar, including next weekend, a two-hour getaway at the Mariandale Retreat Center in Ossining. Please, please, please join us as we plot out the new year together. Our thought for the day is from Mahatma Gandhi, who said... The future depends on what you do today. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.